Hi, I'm Dr. Dan Gardner and I talk about traumatic brain injury recovery. Today I'm pleased to have Barry Soper, traumatic brain injury survivor, talking with me. Traumatic brain injury recovery. Welcome, Barry. Thank you so much. Barry, tell me a little about when your brain injury occurred and what your life was like before the injury and the course of your recovery. My injury occurred on December 22nd, 2015. It was 6.20 at night. I was driving home from uh, getting some groceries. I was in Rancho Santa Fe on El Camino del Norte. I was driving on a straightaway, it was dark, and all of a sudden, a vehicle hit me head on, and that was really the last I could recall of the actual accident. You lost consciousness? Yes. Tell me, what was your life like before? I, w I was very fortunate. First of all, I was on the board of Oak Grove, uh, which helps rehabilitate children's lives. Mm -hmm. We're the second largest employer in Murrieta. We have three campuses. We deal with kids with addictions that have been physically, mentally, uh, physically or mentally injured. Um, we deal with kids, children with autism. Mm -hmm. So our whole process is improving their lives. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a lot of traveling and I had written a best-selling book called A Bum Deal mm -hmm. about two homeless men and their horrific injuries they sustained from these horrible people. Mm -hmm. And I helped being involved in changing their lives. I understand that there was a segment on 60 Minutes about your book. Yes, I was very fortunate. Um, I was on 60 Minutes with Ed Bradley, mm -hmm. and uh, at the end of the session, I asked Ed if I could spend some time alone with him, and he wonderfully agreed to that. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the session, he said, Barry, you got to write this book. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it, and then he left, and then a year later, he got passed. Uh, and so I dedicated my book, A Bum Deal, mm -hmm. in his name, and um, it's been a great story because it's a nonfiction story, all mm -hmm. from my heart, all from the heart of the victims also. Yeah. Well, I read the book, as you know, and I thought it was terrific. So Ed Bradley was the inspiration. He was the, the inspiration, yes. Very nice. So you were on the board at Oak Grove, you were involved with writing the book, you were traveling. What else was your life like before well, this? I was also writing a second book called Streetlight to Spotlight. Uh -huh. It was about these famous celebrities that were homeless at one time and then by the grace of God changed their lives and become tremendously successful as actors and actresses right. singers. Wow. Um, you have Hilary Swank, um, Sylvester Stallone, Dr. Phil. Steve Harvey. It goes on and on and on. Wow. So you were pretty engaged with life, pretty mentally active and philanthropic. Life was pretty full. Life was great. I had just got back actually from Washington, D.C. Uh, I was visiting my friend who actually was the chef for President Obama. Well. And he had written a book. He invited a bunch of his guests to go to the National Press Club to hear him and give out a three-course meal to everybody. Wow. It was incredible. What a nice experience. So the car accident happened. You lost consciousness for how long? Just a few seconds. A few seconds, okay. Then tell me what happened since the accident. How did that concussion affect you? Well, I ended up going by ambulance to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I, I was released. 
I then went to an orthopedic specialist. I had eight hours of MRIs. Mm. He um, suggested I go to uh, a neurologist who's been excellent. Mm. And um, from then on, I went through a range of doctors, uh, 13 to 15 doctors wow. at a time. And that's all because of this accident? All because of the head injury. Wow. So let's talk about what symptoms and problems you had resulting from the brain injury. Well, I think what, one of the problems was I wasn't the same person I was. Mm. And that was real difficult. I imagine. Can you elaborate on that, how you were different? I would cry a lot. I would laugh a lot. Emotionally, I was just like a five-year-old at times. A five-year-old. Mm. And... Um, my thought process wasn't really good. Um, I couldn't, um, I didn't like talking to people. Oh. I stayed away from people. You withdrew? I withdrew. I see. So you'd say you'd cry a lot and laugh a lot. You felt like you were acting childish. Yeah, and it felt like I wanted to be in isolation. I just want to be left alone. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So when you were around other people, what was the experience? It was uncomfortable. So you'd laugh a lot, you'd cry a lot, your thinking wasn't the same. What other emotional or cognitive or behavioral symptoms or problems did you have? I slept a lot. Um, I was under a lot of medication. No one really managed my medication. I think that was one of the issues eventually I had. Mm -hmm. And I was taking pills like Soma, which one doctor prescribed as uh, like being in a coma. And, um, mm -hmm. and after taking all this medication, I was like a zombie. The uh, side effects truly outweigh the benefits on that one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Other things, other problems that you're aware of? Well, one, I, I realized right away that it'd probably be a long recovery mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be able to be the person I was, mm -hmm. which was very depressing. Were you surprised because some people would say, well, he had a brief loss of consciousness and he should bounce back right away. Were you surprised about that? Well. You know, I was hopeful, but and a lot of my friends who wouldn't come see me because they felt so bad for me. And that was hard also. They stayed away? They stayed away. Why do you think they stayed away? Because I wasn't the same person that they knew at that time. Are you saying that that was upsetting to them? That was very upsetting to them. Yeah, yeah. So these symptoms you're telling me about, how did they affect your daily functioning, like driving and working on your book and interacting with your family and people close to you. Tell me about that. As far as my driving, my driving ability stopped that day. Uh, I couldn't drive. I also had double vision. Double vision, okay. Which also caused other issues. I see. Um, my conversation with other people would be very short. Uh-huh. Um, I felt embarrassed. Yeah. Was your memory affected? Very much so. Can you give me examples of that, forgetfulness and so on? I couldn't remember hardly anything. I, I, if I ate, if I didn't eat, mm. um, if I walked, if I went to the bathroom, I just didn't remember those other things. Yeah. Would you misplace things? Most of the time. That's why I didn't touch many things. It was too hard to find them after you lost them. I, I get frustrated not finding them. Right. Would you ever leave things on the stove or in the oven or in the microwave and forget to... Yeah, I, I would leave the oven on and things really? like that, Ooh. which is very dangerous. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But what about things like bill paying and uh, accounting and so on? 
Was that effective? Yeah, it was very effective, and that was the saddest part because I own a large property and I've owned it for 25 years. Mm-hmm. It's a, a condominium, condominium development, 62 townhomes. And uh, from the inception, I always ran it, mm-hmm. and I finally had to make the determination I had to have another company run that part of my life. So you had to hand over the management. Right. Yeah. And as far as the billing, I had a, a good friend of mine mm-hmm. who helped me with my uh, checks and bills and making uh, decision-making for me. Yeah, I see. How many years now since the accident? The accident occurred December 22nd, 2015. So we're December, I believe, 5th or mm-hmm. 6th. So we're coming to the three-year anniversary. Three-year anniversary. As we approach the anniversary, any particular thoughts or feelings are coming up? A lot of feelings. Um, I'm getting better, which was great. Good. Um, there were a, a doctor, a couple of doctors felt that I had frontal temporal dementia. Really? And that I would be a vegetable in three to four months and dead in three years. They thought you were going to have a progressive degeneration? Absolutely. Wow. And obviously that frightened me and my significant other was, you know, crying and having an emotional breakdown. And, um, so you thought your life was going to be over soon. Right. And at that time, you know, you start thinking of suicide tendency. In addition to that big fear that your brain was going to deteriorate and the quality of your life was going to be terrible, what other concerns did you have during the course of recovery? Well, obviously getting better in a couple of ways that I did feel that I would get better. Uh, Tuxedo, who is uh, a dog I got uh, when he was three months old, mm-hmm. I got him trained 26 lessons to become a service dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I created a little, um, it's a buffalo, and it's a, uh, can't explain it, but I hug it all the time and I sleep with it. Yeah. It gives me protection. Yeah, so it's there for comfort. Right. Now, it's did a teddy you, bear. Yeah. Did you use this before your accident? Oh, no. No. So this is all new since the accident. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There was a concern, I assume, about whether you'd recover the things that you lost and how long it would take. So you are getting better in what way? Well, my cognitive um, memories are getting back, um, which is great. Yes. And um, it's been a, a, a long process to remember, recall things from the past and, mm-hmm. and be able to recall things that are now said in front of me. Sure. Have you resumed any work on your book? I just started just recently. What's it felt like? Nervous. Nervous. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, it's really hard because I haven't started interviewing people. I'm just trying to get back a little to where I was to be able to ask proper questioning Mm -hmm. and um, feel comfortable enough with the person I'm going to be asking these questions to. You bet. So you want to be able to think clearly and articulate. Absolutely. Do you notice that you get any more tired than you did before? Absolutely, uh, and, and that's one of the problems of head trauma. Uh, you find yourself getting tired maybe in three or four hours, maybe in two hours. Mm-hmm. And I learned if you get tired, your brain is telling you something, so go rest. That's right. And that's what I do. That's right. 
How about any dream since the injury? Different types of dreams. There's obviously the happy dreams, and then I had a lot of recollections which were bad dreams of the accident. Mm -hmm. Keep on coming back and coming back. And mm. you still have those? Yeah, I, I also um, when I was hit by a suburban, mm -hmm. and every time I would see a suburban vehicle, even though it wasn't the car that hit me, it would it would get me angry. Angry. Ah, okay. At this point, looking forward to the future, what does it look like? Well, it's getting brighter. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I'll ever be 100%, mm -hmm. but um, being 65 to 70%, and a lot of my doctors said it would take two to three years, mm -hmm. and it is doing that. Yeah. You know, I think when you get older, three years is a lot of years. It's like a dog when he's each year is seven years, whereas you get mm -hmm. older, even though it's just a year, it seems like you're getting older and older. Time is precious. Time is precious, and I think that's the other thing you realize. Everything is more precious, mm -hmm. because you, you want to do things that you haven't done or were unable to do. Yeah. Barry, could we talk a little more about your treatment? What did you feel was most helpful, and what did you feel was unhelpful in your course of treatment? Well, I, I think a lot of the doctors I went to, um, you know, I ended up with three or four different psychiatrists. Um, one, because my significant other was saying, you don't want to pay out of your pocket, just do it with your insurance. But that's not always the best way. Um, you have to find a doctor that you relate to and you feel that you get great information from. And it's going to really help you. Mm -hmm. um, and I went through, uh, you know, from neuropsychologists to psychiatrists, and a lot of them, it was pretty difficult. I, I didn't feel I was getting the help. When you say difficult, you mean you didn't feel understood? Or? I just started getting over-medicated. Over-medicated? So there were other medicines? I was taking like five to seven medicines a day. I see. Or what was that for? I had no idea. Really? Okay. I mean, that's the frustrating part because you couldn't make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. It was hard for you to read the labels and say and, and what the dangerous parts of these medications are. Right. To me, having a great team was, for me, the most effective way. A great team. That is important. Yeah. How about any experiences that weren't so good and you wish things could have gone differently in the course of your treatment? Well, I, I think when you get injured in... in and there's a lot of medical bills, a lot of damages done to yourself. This costs litigation. Unfortunately, with litigation, a lot of these doctors want to become expert witnesses. Mm. And essentially, the why, the rationale of being an expert witness is they get so much money. Then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, they're no longer your doctor. They're, they're taking a second position just it, to make the money. Do you think it's difficult to have a doctor act as both your treating doctor and an expert witness? I think it is a conflict. Yeah. What other things that we haven't talked about would you like to add? Well, I, I think some of the things are, um, you know, what I had a hard time talking and my speech therapist was excellent. Mm -hmm. um, she was great. Um, I had another psychologist was really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And uh, my physical therapist was great. Mm -hmm. My orthopedic specialist was excellent. Mm -hmm. So you, you finally find the right doctors to help you with your physical and mental needs, and that starts your recovery. 
Yeah, that's that's key. But how do you find those people? That's the most difficult part. It's not like you have a. It's like looking into a telephone book. Who do you pick? Yeah. I mean, and where do you get your resources from? And that's really really hard. So how did you find them? I was fortunate, like uh, my doctor. Uh, I got him through a great friend of mine mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. who said that uh, doctor is fantastic. He'll be really helpful with your traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. And fortunately... Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for other brain injury survivors who are beginning the recovery process? Well, I think it's frightening because there's not a lot of paths you can go to, not a lot of really professional people you can talk to. I think that's a big problem with, with brain injuries. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they'll have some get-togethers, you know, fundraisers, but that's not a way to really help you. You, may, you can meet different people, but mm -hmm. there has to be a better spectrum of ways to meet different doctors that can help you with your mind and with your, your body mm -hmm. and, and your emotions. Mm -hmm. So you think you'd like to see other services, additional services? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you have any specific suggestions? Well, I think that the people in the uh, psychiatric field, the psychologist field, or just mental health field mm -hmm. have to work together mm -hmm. to work with these individuals in, in just the medication, not just throw out medication, but you know, have someone actually control the medicine that goes into the person's body. Mm -hmm. It's easy to push pills, isn't it? Oh, it's very easy, and it's very easy to get addicted to them. Mm -hmm. Right. So what advice would you have for doctors who treat brain injury survivors? Sometimes I think they should go and get new courses. New courses? And get re-educated, because things have changed. Mm -hmm. I think the world has changed, as we all know. Mm -hmm. um, we have phones that can do such amazing things. You don't even need a key to start your car. You can do it off your telephone. Mm -hmm. You can look at your phone and have it start up itself. Mm -hmm. You could have your heat in your house change and have the temperature gauges work the way you want to or your air conditioning. It's a changing world and the question is a lot of doctors are old school mm -hmm. and even a lot of the newer doctors are old school mm -hmm. and they have to learn to change with the times and so the patients have to also. So Barry at this point in time, you told me that your injury was about three years ago, your memory is improving, you're getting re-engaged, you're starting to get re-engaged in working on your book. What things in life are giving you meaning and satisfaction at this point? I think the appreciation of life itself. Mm -hmm. Just to get up and, you know, I see my wonderful dog in tuxedo and he runs and he's alive and I want to be alive like that. I want to enjoy everything and right. uh, I want to be able to travel again. I want to be able to see the things that are meaningful to me. Right. And you also learn who your friends are. Yes. And, and also, you know, the people that you ask why they didn't show up and, and a lot of them have good reasons. They don't want to see you in that physical position. Yeah. But, you know, friends are friends, and friends give their heart to the people. Like, um, he's a busy man, and he would take me out twice a week. We'd go for breakfast mm -hmm. and have conversation. He'd drive me back, and uh, 
he would help me actually get up the stairs. And, and, and in the Jewish religion, it's called a mensch, mm-hmm. and um, a great person. And you know, you have to do that, but that's how you know who your real true friends are. Exactly. You wish that some of your friends wouldn't have been so distressed and would have been able to handle their own feelings about your injury better so as not to prevent them from coming to visit and staying connected with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other problem, I think, is that being a person with traumatic brain, you really don't have a segment to talk to other people who have similar injuries. Right. So what do you do to connect with other people going through the same kind of recovery? It's, it's problematic. Yeah. And I think it's well needed because um, yeah. I did talk to a wonderful person who um, had a stroke and mm-hmm. he was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And we talked and it was great. And it was the last time I saw him again. I said, let's really? get it. Okay, so that was an informal thing. They're very informal. There no, there's no formal activities that you participate in. I would have liked to. Yeah. And still well, like to. Yeah. Seriously. Okay, so you'd like to see something where you can build a, an ongoing relationship for support and information. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that are lacking is support. I don't think there's a lot of support groups out there mm-hmm. um, that you can go to and say, you know, we've been through this. Mm-hmm. We can help you with this. Mm-hmm. We can help you see the light. Mm-hmm. And I know you're in darkness now, and you know, we'll, you have to take small steps, but you'll get there. Mm-hmm. So those are the challenges of the field right now. Before we stop, Barry, anything else that you want to add? Well, uh, the, the best thing is as I start my journey, it's a journey to get better. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while mm-hmm. and you have to know when to stop. If you get tired, you have to say to yourself, stop. Right. And, and it's hard to do because you really want to go, 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 mm-hmm. go, let the energize them. But you may not be the same person. That's right. And it'll take time. and. Um, with a lot of prayers and a lot of help from your friends, and um, you'll make it. So it's hard to accept that we're not the same person we used to be, grieve the loss, and make the best of what we have. I think that's a great way to put it. It's a challenge. Yes. Yeah. So Barry, I want to thank you for spending the time and effort to talk with me today. I think it's been very informative and helpful for not only me, but other people who watch this interview. Well, I hope so, and I think it's a great thing what you're doing, because I think you can get other people who are similar to me, who have brain injuries, to get some meaning out of this and and get the help that we all need. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Barry. You're welcome. Please let me know in the comments what questions you have and what other topics you'd like me to discuss.